0: Good to see you. My name is Lois. If we haven't met already, welcome if you're watching online as well. And if you're in the room, an extra special welcome. We are. I'm just going to steal about 20 minutes of your time, if that's all right. I'll never give it back. Hence I'm saying I'm borrowing it, not stealing it, but I pray that it will be productive to you. We are, if you don't know already, in the middle of a series where we are talking about our feelings. How are you feeling? And we started a couple of weeks ago and Adam kicked us off by letting us know the great news that Jesus had feelings too. And so what we're doing for the rest of the next few weeks of this series is deep diving into an emotion or a feeling. We're just looking at what does it mean for us? How do we live with it? How do we come to terms with it? How do we not let it rule us, but how do we live with it like Jesus did? We've looked at a quote um, over the last few weeks, and there's a few words in it, and it's by a guy called Dan Allender. And to summarize it, he says, Emotions are the language of the soul. So essentially, all we're doing is asking ourselves the question what is your soul saying to you? Last week, Steve kicked us off talking about anger. And I don't know about you, but I was so glad to hear from Steve that it is very natural, very normal, and very human to feel anger sometimes. That helped my uh, conviction. He talked about how anger can either fester in us, and I need to let you know that I'm a self-confessed festerer. Anger can make us feisty where it turns to aggression or violence, or we can use anger as a fuel for good. If you wanna hear more about anger, then do go to YouTube and catch up on that message. But today, we're gonna unpack a new emotion, a new feeling, and as you can see on the screen, it is lonely. Now, as I say, the emotion or the feeling of lonely or loneliness, it probably triggers one of two emotions in you. You're probably like, oh, this is going to hurt because I know what lonely feels like. Or you might be on the other side where you're like, this doesn't apply to me. I never struggle with loneliness. Loneliness is not something that I have to deal with, so I'm just going to zone out for 20 minutes. I'm going to go on Candy Crush. I'm going to check my Instagram. I'm going to have a little 20 winks. And if I'm honest, I would have been in that camp for a long time where I would have been like, loneliness doesn't apply to me. Like, I consider myself a kind of sociable person. I love people. I love being with people. I love meeting new people. I love hanging out with people. Some people, not all people, no offense. Um, So I kind of thought I was kind of immune from loneliness. I also, though, am really happy, like, in my own space, shove me in a room with a mirror, and I am a happy bunny. I can entertain myself for as long as I need to. So I just kind of always thought, like, loneliness is not something that I will struggle with. And then reality set in. And actually, I think we can often wrongly assume that we are exempt from experiencing loneliness. We can wrongly assume that extroverts, that people who are full of energy and love being around people, are exempt from loneliness. We can assume that if you are married and if you're in a happy, loving marriage, that you are exempt from loneliness. We can wrongly assume that if you are a parent who has not a single second to yourself because you are running after kids all the time, that you are exempt from loneliness. We can wrongly assume that if you're a manager of a company and you're dealing with people all day long, that you are exempt from loneliness. We can wrongly assume that in a crowd of 100 people here and even more online that we are exempt from loneliness. We can wrongly assume that Jesus, the King of Kings, a Lord of Lords, was exempt from loneliness. But loneliness isn't a sin. Loneliness is a feeling. It's an emotion. And Jesus was set apart from sin, but he was together with his emotions. And actually, we see in the Bible a glimpse of when Jesus, when it looked like Jesus was experiencing loneliness. For him, it was on a cross in the last few seconds of his life. And he says the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, he is all alone on the cross, looking out at people who it looks like are against him, who are not on his side. And he's like, God, where are you? In a time when I needed you the most, why have you abandoned me all alone? Not even Jesus was exempt from loneliness. You and I are not exempt from loneliness. It is so much more common than we realize, and so it's important that we talk about it, that we work through it, and that we learn all about it. It's actually been said that we are in the middle of a global loneliness crisis, So much so that back in 2018, our prime minister appointed a minister of loneliness. That shows how big of a deal it is in our country and in this society, how big of a deal it is that the people that make decisions for this nation thought that a big decision that we needed to talk about was loneliness. And if the government think it, well, then the church needs to talk about it too. We need to be honest and open about the fact that sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes loneliness hurts. And so today what we're going to do is unpack what loneliness is, what it looks like, and be really honest about the fact that it's a lot more common than we think. There's an irony to that, right? Because loneliness in itself kind of makes you think that you're the only one experiencing something or going through something or thinking a certain way. But if you take into consideration the fact that there is so many people that think they're the only one thinking a certain thing, then by its very nature, there's lots of people who actually have common ground and shared unity over the fact that they all think they're the only one thinking the same thing. So it's good that we establish the fact that we are together in this, that if you feel it, you are not alone. You might feel alone, but you are not alone in how you are feeling. We are going to look at what loneliness looks like because lonely and alone are two different things. Jesus often chose to be alone. Jesus often took himself off to be alone. We can take ourselves off to be alone. What we're looking at is dealing with lonely. So we want to identify what it sounds like and what it looks like. Loneliness might sound like you thinking or feeling or saying to yourself things like, no one understands me. No one around here gets me. Just feel like the odd one out. Loneliness might also sound like you saying something like, I can't go there. I can't go and do that. I've got no one to go with and I've got no one to do it with. So my answer is no. Loneliness might sound like you thinking, whenever I go there, I feel so alone and so awkward. Loneliness might sound like you thinking, no one makes an effort with me. No one comes and speaks to me. Loneliness might feel like you saying, I just wish I had someone to do that with or to go there with. Loneliness comes out in a whole raft of different ways. And to help us understand loneliness better, thankfully, researchers did their job. And they've put loads and loads of years into researching what loneliness is. And they say that it can be categorized in three ways. There can be intimate loneliness, social loneliness, and collective loneliness. So intimate loneliness looks like that desire for a significant other. That could be a life partner, a husband, a wife, or a child. That desire to have someone that you have an intimate relationship with that is all yours. A desire for a significant other. Social loneliness looks like the need for quality friendship and not quantity friendship. Note that it says quality, not just loads of extra fans and extra friends and extra followers, but quality friendship, people who get you, who see you, who root for you, people who love you at your best and love you at your worst, friends that will be there for you and have your back every single day. That's what social loneliness looks like, the need and desire for quality friendship. Collective loneliness then is about longing for community and a network to belong to. That desire to just, like, rock up and feel like I'm a part of this community. I'm not on the fringes. I'm a part of it. I belong to it. A group of like-minded people. So I just wonder if now that you know what loneliness can look like and sounds like, whether you can identify with it. Maybe you can identify with the painful sting of loneliness in singleness as you wait in hope for a future life partner. Or maybe you can identify with the pain of emptiness as you are longing for a child. Maybe you know the sting of grief after losing your other half and your significant other. Maybe you've experienced that intimate loneliness or maybe you know what it is to wish that you've had friends reach out to you and check in on you and when you've looked at your phone and you've thought no one's texting me and no one's asking how I am and you've experienced that social loneliness or maybe you know what it is to sit in a room of a hundred plus people or more and just think I wish I felt like part of this community loneliness is everywhere And it's not a new problem. I do actually think it's been made worse in the 21st century because I think that social media hasn't helped. I think technology doesn't help. I think the pandemic really didn't help. And like we were already in the middle of a global loneliness crisis then. So it's pretty bad now, but it's not a new issue. It's not a 21st century problem. Loneliness has existed since the start of time. In fact, it's no surprise to God either. God, kind of like warned us right back when he created us. He made man, he made Adam, and he looked at him, and he was like, you're good, you're good. Just a word of warning, because I know you, and I know the world that I've just created, a word of warning, it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, just don't do life alone. It's not good for you to be alone. And it's like what God was doing there is reminding us that we're created for community, that people need people, and that loneliness might just one day creep in. If you ever thought that God didn't, like, know what loneliness felt like or wasn't prepared to help us through it, then you can take one look at the Bible and find loads of examples. Because in the Bible, um, it's story after story of people who delve deep into real-life emotions, and loneliness is no exemption. You can start all the way back at the start of the Bible in Genesis. And in Genesis, there's a guy called Joseph. And I love the story of Joseph. If you want to read something, go in Genesis later on today and read the life of Joseph. So Joseph, just to summarize, he was part of a really big family. He had loads of brothers and his brothers didn't like him. So his brothers neglected him, rejected him, threw him in a pit a dry, dark pit. From there, he then made his way to slavery. From slavery, he made his way to prison. Like, really not a good trajectory. I can guarantee that at some point, from being rejected by his family, to being in slavery, to being in prison, then to being in, like, governmental leadership, Joseph experienced some serious loneliness, let me tell you. But in the story is nestled a truth. And actually, if you look through the Bible at every time it talks about loneliness, this truth is hidden in there somewhere, like a little gem, a diamond of wisdom that God wants us to find if we just look hard enough. Because in Genesis chapter 39, verse two, right in the middle of the story, really random and kind of out of place, it says, the Lord was with Joseph. Then we can skip further in our Bible. We can go to Joshua. And Joshua was a young man who was about to fill some really big shoes. He was about to take over from a man called Moses. And Moses had done an amazing job of leading the Israelites. So much so, he parted an ocean. Like, who can write that on their CV? Only Moses. He was that good. And Joshua, poor Joshua, has got to fill his shoes now. Now, that is a scary place to be. And Joshua was like, I don't feel ready for this. I feel unequipped. I feel unprepared. I feel unaccompanied. How am I going to do this? I'm not the person for the job. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And now I'm out here all alone leading the Israelites. I can guarantee that Joshua felt alone. And yet God nestles in, wriggles in. and chapter one, verse nine, right at the start of Joshua's leadership, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There he is again, popping up, telling him that he's going to be with them. Let's go on further. You can flick further into your Bible. Let's go to David. We will go to Psalm 25. Now, David, David feels all the feels. If you don't know David, David was a key guy in the Old Testament, and he has written loads of the Psalms, and in loads of the Psalms, he's covered a whole raft of emotion. David knew what it was to feel the feels and talk about it too, which is great because in chapter 25 of Psalms, Verse 16 to 17, he just puts it bluntly and he says, I'm lonely. I am lonely and I am afflicted. But the great news is, just as as David was honest about his loneliness, filled in the Psalms is reminders to David that God was with him. There he is creeping up again, God saying, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. We can keep going throughout the Old Testament join me now in the book of jeremiah jeremiah is a guy and and who god said to him through a dream i think like i want to appoint you to be a prophet to the nations and the life of a prophet is going to be really lonely you're probably not going to have a significant other you're probably not going to have children you might experience intimate loneliness on a really deep and painful level and jeremiah talks about it in jeremiah 15:17 he says i sat alone because your hand was on me and you filled me with indignation, I was lonely. I was doing your calling, God, but I was lonely. Sometimes we do things for God and it feels lonely. Sometimes leadership can feel lonely. Sometimes walking for God can feel lonely. Sometimes the thing that God asks us to do leads us to feeling like we're the only one in that position, feeling that way. But God knew that Jeremiah would feel that way. That's why right at the start of Jeremiah's life and walk in this place, in this lonely place, God says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one, verse 19, he says, I am, don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you. I will be with you. Every time loneliness comes up in the Bible, it seems that God butts in really quickly like a meerkat popping up and me like, I'm with you, I am with you, I'm with you. Just so you know, I'm with you. Whenever you feel alone, I am with you. And he says it time and time again, I'm with you. The Lord your God is with you. I need you to know that I'm with you. I'm still with you. Guess what? Spoiler alert, I'm still with you. And it's such a simple truth. But fast forward, right? Because we've just been in the Old Testament that whole time, but the Bible is made up of two parts. There's the New Testament too. And we get to the New Testament and it seems that God's like, I've said it a hundred different ways and they don't seem to get it. I'm going to have to go one bigger. I'm going to have to do something that really kind of gets it in their brains. Now, I've been brought up to um, think and realize and believe that if the Bible says something over and over and over and over and over again, it's because it wants you to take notice. So it's important that we stop and we're like, why are you saying it? Genesis 39, 2, you said God is with you. Joshua 1, verse 9, you said God is with you. In the Psalms, you say God is with you. In Jeremiah, you say God is with you. And then we're in the New Testament, and you keep saying God is with you. So it's really important that we... Oh, sorry. That we, that we ask the question... Is that a good look? Is that, is that working? No? Okay. Is that better? It's really important that we ask the question why do you want me so desperately to know that you are with me? And so we need to stop. We need to take notice and we need to think, why is this such a big deal? It's a big deal because when God realized that they're still not getting it, we're still not fully understanding that even when we're lonely and even when we feel brokenhearted and even when we feel alone from everyone that God is with us, what he did was he went one better and he sent his son, Jesus. And there's The promise this time was in a name, the name of Jesus. Now, I love names, right? I love learning about name meanings. Did you see the question before we were talking about if you know the meaning of your name? I don't know if you know the meaning of your name. Um, Feel free to tell me after because I genuinely find it really interesting. I've done a bit of research this week into the meaning of my name. Now, Dad, I don't know if you knew this when you called me this name, but my name means better. Now, let me tell you, as the youngest of five children, I take great delight in knowing that when I popped out, my mum and dad looked at me and went, that's better. (laughs) I am literally going to revel in that for the rest of my life. I'm going to tell my siblings, you know, they got to me and they thought, better than you all, better, so much better, that they're going to call her Lois, meaning better. Thank you, mum and dad. There's so much meaning in some names, and um, God put a lot of meaning into the name of Jesus. We can read about this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. You might be familiar with it from the Christmas story. God was like, I need a name for Jesus, and it needs to be something with great meaning. It needs to be something significant, something that is a promise, something that says everything about who I am. And so God called Jesus Emmanuel. And Emmanuel simply means God with us, God with you, God with me. There he is again. He's been doing it in the Old Testament, popping up, saying, I'm with you, I'm with you, the Lord your God is with you. And here he is again in the New Testament, in the person and promise and gift of Jesus Christ, who lived on this earth who walked with people to remind them that he's with them and then died on a cross to let you know that he is with you. The Lord, your God, is with you. And if that wasn't enough, that God made that promise about Jesus at the start of his life, then guess what Jesus' final words were on this earth? If you've got a Bible, you can flick to Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, and it says this. Jesus said, his parting words, this was This was like his final speech. If he's going to give a final speech, this is what he wanted you to know, to remember, to cling on to. Jesus says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the promise of Jesus. That was his first life story. That was his whole life story. And that was his parting words to you is to know that Jesus, that God is with you. If you wake up in the middle of the night, all alone, God is with you. If you are facing some difficult times and a journey of longing for a child and all you're seeing is negative results, know that God is with you. If you are facing the grief of having to um, say goodbye to a loved one, know that God is with you. When anxiety takes over, stops you from going out in public, know that God is with you. If you ever walk into here and think, I don't fit in, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to sit, I don't know who to talk to, I don't want to be here, know that God is with you. If you get dumped, know that God is with you. If you have to walk through divorce, know that God is with you. If you feel the pain of feeling like you are friendless, know that God is with you. As I was preparing for this message for like over the last couple of weeks, I had an entirely different message. And God did, it was still about loneliness, but it was about what we can do and where we can go and how we can position ourselves and X, Y, Z, practical things. And really annoyingly, he loves to do this. God woke me up on Friday morning, really early, and I'm not a morning person. And he was like, Lois, bin it. Actually, don't bin it, save it. I'm actually gonna come back to it in three weeks time and we're gonna do loneliness part two. So do come back for that in three weeks. Um, But he was like, I need you to scrap it. I need you to take the you out of it. And I just need the people to know God is with them. And sometimes we can overcomplicate things. And I really feel bad that I've kind of shortchanged you because really all I've done is tell you like three words, God with you. And if you want more, then come back in the next few weeks. But I promise you, that's all you need. Jesus is enough. We do need people. Being in life and community with people is great. But today, Jesus wants you to know He is enough. He is with you in your grief, in your loneliness, in the pain of your singleness, or your waiting season, or your friendless season, or in the place of feeling like you don't belong. God is with you. We're going to wrap up our service a little bit differently. Usually, we stand and sing a song together. We are going to have a song, but what we're going to do is just meditate on some words, because there's this, been, been this song that I have been leaning on um, really in the last couple of weeks when I've been feeling lonely, and I'm someone who deals with um, like chronic nightmares, so often I have to wake up in the middle of the night, and I have to remind myself God is with me, and this is a song that I've just been singing over and over and over to remind my soul Even if I'm alone, God is with me. So what I'm going to invite you to do today is just stay seated. You might want to close your eyes and you might just want to let the words of this song, this promise from the Bible, these are song lyrics that are just repeating words from the Bible and telling you that you never walk alone and it's not the Liverpool song. That's next week's. You might just want to close your eyes or you might just want to look at the screen and take in these words. Before we do, I'm just going to pray for you and then I just encourage you to stay seated and reflect on that promise. Father, I thank you, God, that you come so close to us. God, there is no emotion we can feel. There is no feelings we can experience that you are afraid of, that you are ashamed of, that you turn away from. You move close to the brokenhearted. And God, I thank you that in our loneliness, you are right there with us. God, I pray for anyone who is experiencing that intimate, that social or that collective loneliness. God, I pray that in this moment, as they listen to this song, your friendship, your peace, your love would flood them and would tell their soul, you are with them. Amen.